You're listening to Trucking Questions from the Audio Road with Kevin Rutherford. This is the show that puts the money where it belongs, back in your pocket. You can ask questions about trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, tax, technology, or anything else about the business of trucking. Here we go. Let's head on down the audio road. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. The website is LexTruck.com. The show is all about the business of trucking. Today is a special day. It's your chance to ask Larry Wingett, myself, anything you want. We can talk about business, life, money, politics, kids, books, food, you name it. Anything goes today. Pick up the phone and give us a call. We'll answer those questions. We're going to get to those questions in just a little bit. Larry, welcome back. Hey, I'm glad to be here today. We'll have fun. All right. Great stuff. Hey, you know, I I spend a lot of time on your website because there's just so much stuff on there. Uh, I was looking at a series you have, it looks fairly new, um, on Vimeo. The the video series looks like you have three different series going on. Yeah, I do have. I've got uh, one that are just little short pieces, little like three minutes. And it's, shoot, I don't even remember. It's like dirt cheap. <laughs> and uh, the other one's a uh, great little seven to ten minute segments as as well. Uh, where I take on all different kinds of topics about life and business and so forth. I really like them. A lot of people I've discovered don't have the time or won't dedicate the time to really long series. So these two series are are nice and short and to the point. No, that's what I love about these. And, you know, as far as the cost, the first thing I was going to tell you is you're not charging enough. I went through there. There There is gold in there. Well, you know, I sold these for a couple of years for a whole lot more money. And then I just put them on Vimeo for people to rent them. And I think one of them is like $1.19 or something. Uh, and, uh, you know, the the deal is you can be Neiman Marcus or you can be Walmart. And there's a time to be Neiman Marcus. I'm more in the Neiman Marcus range if people want to hire me for <laughs> to come and speak to their group. But I think there's a, a big appeal to being Walmart to make something affordable for everybody to be able to get some some good content uh some real strong opinions about life and business and stuff that really works without having to invest an arm and a leg to do it i like having something for everybody well this this really fits that i went through there there are so many topics in there that you know when i'm talking to somebody they're asking me you know some technical question about business and and i realize as i'm talking to them I'm struggling because sometimes they don't understand business concepts or, or money concepts or sometimes even just life. And that's what these are. These are just really concise. Like you said, you don't have to sit here for an hour, although you can because there's a lot of them in there. But you pick one of these that might be three minutes from the one series or seven or ten from the other and get a really, really good picture of that concept. So. Start pushing well, I appreciate that. I do have some stuff on there where they are an hour long, and that's fine if that's what people want. You can kind of gradually move into that. But, Kevin, what you said is absolutely true. I've discovered that people want all these these really uh, detailed strategies and tactics, and they've never conquered the principles. And you got to start with principles. 
so you understand the basics of business and life and money and 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 so forth and then you can sort of finesse it into some strategies and tactics but if you start the other direction you're just going to end up confused lost and frustrated that's what i tend to see with a lot of people they want to get into these deep business strategies and ideas and, and i'll stop and say wait a minute what what about you know just good old customer service or understanding supply <laughs> how business works and you know that that's what I found in there that those really good, quick. You know, like you said, you you can progress the other way, but I find so many people that just need that basic business experience. You know, you you've talked to a lot of businesses, you've been around a lot of businesses, you've owned them, you've run them. Don't yep. you feel like you could walk into almost any department in any company in any industry? and make huge improvements without even understanding their business. Oh, absolutely. What I've discovered is that the problems that people face in business, regardless of how big they are or what kind of business they're in, are really pretty similar. Uh, mostly they come down to not understanding that the only way to make money is to add value, that you've got to keep a really tight grip on your expenses, that you've got to keep your people focused on doing the right thing. And really, there's not a whole lot of right things. There's one right thing when you go to work every single day, and that's treat the customer well because the customer's got all the money. And uh, if you can refocus a department, an individual, an entire company around those things, uh, you can have a big impact. But you don't have to get off in the weeds. And so many people, speakers, books, they just get off in the weeds. You don't have to. And while you were talking a minute ago, you reminded me I was on a talk show one time on on Fox Business about money, and we were answering call-ins. And a guy called in. And he said, "I got a question for Larry." He said, "You know, the the Dow dropped 85 points today. Uh, how do you feel about that?" And I said, "Well, let me ask you a question. Do you know what the Dow is?" And he <laughs> said, "No." And I said, "You got any money in the stock market?" Because more than half of the country, they don't have a penny in the stock market. I said, so do you have any money in the stock market? And he said, no. And I said, then why do you care? I said, have you got a credit card? He goes, well, yeah. I said, let me, let me do you the, the best favor I can do with your money. If you want the highest return you will ever get on your money anywhere, the stock market, real estate, any investment, anywhere, go pay off your credit card. That will be the highest rate of return I can give you on your money today. And don't worry about things that you don't have a clue about or you're not involved in. And that's the way people approach business, and that's how they approach parenting and money and life. But, but Larry, talking about the <laughs> Dow is so much more sexy than talking about my credit card. <laughs> if people realize that the Dow represents 30 companies. 30. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if you're going to watch something, at least watch the S&P 500. It's a little better. Yeah, because then there's 500 instead of just 30. When you tell people, you understand that the Dow is just 30 companies, just 30. They go, uh, I it, didn't know that. Exactly. <laughs> the other thing about the, yeah, the other thing about the Dow, not that it's bad, but they're very old school, entrenched, traditional companies. They're, they, exactly. you know. You know, look at the NASDAQ if you want to see where we're going, technology, who's up and coming. But but I, I agree with you. It's amazing to me how much time they can spend on that stuff on TV when the average person, it's meaningless to them. 
Well, I remind them every time I go on, and, and I'm surprised they have me on so often when I'm on all these finance shows. I said, you, you guys forget that the regular person, the people who tune in here to, to listen to you people, they don't have a clue what you're talking about. And, and they're not in the market. And they don't understand what uh, the Dow and the NASDAQ and the S&P, they don't have any idea what any of those things are. All they know is they don't have enough money to pay their bills for whatever reason. Maybe they're overspending, maybe they're not, they're under-earning, whatever it is. They don't have mon enough money to pay their bills and they're frustrated and they're looking everywhere for answers. And so they turn into these financial shows say, maybe there's an answer for me here. And what they really need is some straight talk that says, listen, only two ways to have more money, earn more or spend less. That's it. There's no exception to that. There's only two ways. And so the first thing you do is you step back and say, how can I cut my spending? So, uh, and, and how can I figure out a way to earn more? So if you earn more and spend less, that'd be a great thing. And that doesn't matter whether you're a, a single mom, a family, uh, uh, or a Fortune 500 company. doesn't matter. That's the only two ways to do it. Now, you mentioned this earlier in business, and it's the same in your personal life or in business. You spend less, you earn more, and you end up with more money overall. The funny thing is I, I've always approached business that way. I always talk about expenses first because they're so easy. They're right in front of us. Just do this, and this expense goes down. Just choose not to spend that. Now you have more money. Generating revenue, I think, in business is much more difficult so I usually save that for second, but we'll move on to that later. You would not believe how many times I've been called an idiot and people actually say to me, I don't know why you spend so much time talking about cutting costs. I'm just going to go get a better rate and I don't have to worry about my expenses. I, every time I hear that, I think, what an idiot. Uh-oh, we lost Larry. That happens to us a lot. Um, I'm going to take us into the break. We'll get Larry back here and uh, looks like we've got lots of questions lining up. We will get to those here in just a second and uh, looks like Bridget's getting Larry back on with us right now. Good timing. We're coming up on a break anyway, so I'll take us into this break. If you want to get your questions lined up uh, for Larry and I, anything goes. I've got a couple more topics I want to talk with Larry about, and then we will see about getting to your calls and questions. So we're going to head into the break. We will be right back. Stick around. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Larry Wingett's with me today. Give me your calls right after this.
website is letstruck.com. Larry Wingett's here with me today. We're going to get to your calls in just a little bit. Larry, right before the break, I was saying that, you know, I, I like to handle this the same way you do when it comes to money, whether it's personal or business. First, because it always seems so much easier. It seems like there's something I can do right now that will lower my expenses. And then, you know, I'll go work on generating more revenue. You can do both. You know, you get out of your money problem so much faster, but wouldn't believe how many times I've had people make the statement to me or the criticism. Why do you spend so much time talking about cutting expenses? I'll just go get a better rate. I'll just go get more revenue and then my expenses don't mm -hmm. matter. I'm just shocked by that attitude. Well, what amazes me about that attitude is just what you said is because they're going after the hard stuff first. And they don't understand, first of all, that to raise a rate, raise prices, or whatever you're going after in any area of business, you, that means you have to add more value. And most people just want to raise the rate without adding value. And you can only raise prices, raise rates after you've added value. Then you've earned the right to do so. But anyone immediately, I could sit down with anybody in the world and sit down with your checkbook, your expenses, your budget, which that would be strange because most people don't have one of those, and I can immediately probably cut 15% out in five minutes. And anybody could do that if you've just got half a brain around your expenses and are willing to just get a little bit more discipline in your life and in your business. You could cut 15% without even trying you know, here's the other thing, and it's just simple math I try to help people with. If Let's say, you know, in trucking, it's not unusual to have about a 40% profit margin. For every dollar of revenue you generate, you should be able to keep 40 to 50 cents to it. It's a pretty good range. So if I spend all my time working on generating revenue, I have to remember that I'm only getting a 40% improvement on every dollar. But if I cut a dollar in expenses, that dollar goes right to the bottom line, 100% of it. Yep. Absolutely true. And, uh, again, it's that ROI that people don't seem to understand. And, it, and, and you know, Kevin, it's that people don't understand what ROI is, return on investment. And they've never looked at at their their products that way. They've never looked at their equipment that way. And they've certainly never looked at their employees that way. And uh, you have to go through every line item in your business and understand that every single thing has a return on the investment you put in it. And uh, so when you start to look at, at your, your, your equipment and the products and services that you sell, as well as your employees and yourself in that way, asking what kind of return am I getting on this expense? Because everything you have is an expense, everything and would say, what kind of return am I getting on it? You will look differently at those things. And then if you're dedicated to increasing your, your margins, you'll look really hard at it every day, and you'll start to cut some of the dead weight in terms of products, services, and people. Great stuff. And that, those are the kind of things and so much more you're going to find in that series. That's what started me down this road. So go to Larry's website, LarryWingit.com. Look at that video series. There is absolute gold in there. And uh, it just great stuff to sit down and watch. It'll get you thinking. Larry, I don't know if you're following this yet or not. I said I wasn't going to until the end, and then I got sucked in anyway. Um, are, are you watching the debate on the new tax law changes? Uh, not right now. 
to, is it on today? Well, I think they're voting. Oh, you're just talking about the back and forth, the conversations? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm keeping up with it. I, I, I find it a little tedious right now because it's still kind of a political pissing match right now. <laughs> and we're not getting the kind of detail because we still don't know which plan is going to win, the Senate plan or the House plan. So, yeah, I'm paying some attention to that. Now, and that's why I said I wasn't going to watch it till we got closer, and then I got sucked in anyway. But you know what it brought to mind? I, I've been a big proponent of the fair tax for a long time. Uh, we're not going to get it anytime soon, so any tax law change right now would have to be better than what we have. Here's what I noticed, though, and this is just human behavior. It, it's amazing to me how we will put up with all kinds of crazy stuff when it's the status quo, but try to replace it with something and people will rip the new thing apart. They'll find everything wrong with it. And there's, that's good. We should have that kind of debate, but people will just flat out refuse to change unless they have something perfect. And I say, why not look at all the problems that are in our current system and judge it the same way you're judging this. They, people just seem really, really resistant to change. Well, when I've talked about change for years in all areas of change, I've said, you know, people would rather stay bad than have to go through what it's going to take to get good again. And I absolutely believe that, that we would rather things stay just the way they are, no matter how painful they are, than have to go through what it's going to take to get good. And there's always pain involved in change, always. But you have to look beyond the pain of the moment into the long-term gain of this thing. It's like getting healthy. You know, it's painful. You went through having to give up a lot of things when you changed your diet. Uh, I we all do that when we want to make any positive change in our life. And, yeah, there's momentary pain of having to do that. Getting healthy is painful at first, and then the long-term gain is huge. And it's going to be that way with our tax system. We've become so complacent that it, we've gotten used to how much it hurts to the point that we go, eh, it's not that bad. I'll just put up with it. But that's the way it is when you're parenting. That's the way it is when you're working with a lousy employee. That's the way it is when we go out and spend our money in the marketplace. We go to places that we know will give us bad service simply because it's too much trouble to find someplace new. We do it with restaurants. That's how it works. Yeah, and that's really that's what hit me is that people can just be so critical of what's being proposed and say, no, we're not going to do that because of this. And I think, well, if you just applied that same logic to what you're doing right now, you would have quit this a long time ago. Yep. I'm, I'm with you on that deal. I'm with you. And we're always looking for perfection. And, uh, you know, my philosophy around that is implement now, whatever it is. Do something right now. We can perfect it later. I really believe that. That in some cases, you just kind of have to say, is there enough good in here? that we can change the, our, our current trend. And that's what you have to look at. How's it trending? It's gotten worse and worse and worse over the years. So we're not trending up. We're trending down. And if we can just reverse the trend, even a little bit, we ought to be willing to move in that direction, but not look for perfection, which is what you're talking about, and I agree. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I see. People just want a perfect system, and they just apply that same criteria to what we have and realize – 
an incremental change is better than no change if we're heading in the right direction. You know, that, and the way you talked about that, I had another note here I wanted to talk about, which is change and disruption, primarily because, you know, we're seeing a lot of this in the economy overall, but in trucking right now, we are in this huge disruption. I mean, I've been in trucking 32 years, and I was getting in right when the the biggest disruption we had ever seen in transportation back in 81 was deregulation. And and that yeah. was that everything about trucking. And now and it, there's even a theory that this happens roughly every 30 years. And you can go back and look at it in, in trucking and we're we're in it again. And it is just this huge disruption being created by all kinds of technologies, you know, autonomous vehicles. And again, I talk a lot about autonomous vehicles. I stay on top of it. It's going to be a huge disruptor in our in industry, in our life. And the thing that really surprises me is how, how hard people want to hold on to denial that this will never happen. And I'm not trying to say I, I can tell you what year we're going to have trucks driving themselves down the road, but I can tell you it's going to happen. There's way too much money being invested in this for it not to happen. And But again, it's like people want to say, no, it can't happen. It won't do this. It won't happen in five years. And honestly, I don't think anybody knows. I think this is too big and too dynamic and it's happening all around us. But I just see this this level of denial that seems to get worse all the time. Well, how did denial work out for Best Buy, Circuit City, uh, Sears, Macy's, with all of those different companies saying, you know, nobody's ever going to sit home on a silly thing like your phone and do all your shopping and have the, the products and services mailed to you. And look what happened to those companies. Uh, there was a great book many, many years ago. At least we all thought it was great at the time called Good to Great by Jim Collins. Do you ever read that book? And it, it talked about 10 companies and how all the amazing things they were doing to go from good to great. The trouble is eight of those 10 companies are now out of business. Yeah, hold that thought. <laughs> that is shocking. That. I thought it was a good book back then. Um, we'll talk about that and get to your calls and questions right after this break. Stick around. I'm Kevin Rothenberg. Kevin Rutherford, 
The website is letstruck.com. Larry Wingett is here with me. We're going to get to your calls in a little bit. So, Larry, I, I kind of want to tie those two together because, you know, the, the autonomous vehicle thing is huge, whether we're talking about trucking or, you know, Uber running self-driving cabs around or Domino's is delivering pizza without drivers. And um, I see in Las Vegas, they have a shuttle bus running around with no driver, got into an accident in its first three hours. Um, but it turns out it wasn't its fault. Somebody backed into it and it happened to be a tractor trailer. Um, <laughs> yeah, the thing I see again is, is this denial and this willing to be okay. So I, I've talked about autonomous technology, not that I'm happy about it, but it's there. We have to deal with it. And I believe that as it happens, we're going to see opportunities. This is going to be a long transition. So I've been trying to keep people aware of it. And one of the things I get is, oh, just wait until one of those kills somebody. Well, they will kill somebody. There's no question in my mind. People are going to die in autonomous vehicle crashes. But if you look at the statistics, we kill about 100 people a day on the roads right now. Why are we so okay with that? You know, I'm not sure. But the the people around denial that that's the part that i like about the conversation that we're having here is that we can pretend these things aren't going to last and they're not going to make a difference and it's going to change everything you know i make my living writing books and giving speeches and uh, now and i made my living for a good long while selling books back of the room and selling dvds and cds i don't own a DVD. I don't own a. I don't even own a DVD player of my own in the house. I don't sell DVDs. I don't sell uh, CDs anymore because every speech I've ever given is available for free online because people have uploaded it and you get everything that I do online. And books have been replaced by Kindles. And I said, no, that'll never happen. Yeah, it has. And uh, you know, my first uh, four book deals didn't involve electronic books. So I mean, I took it in the shorts on that deal. I wouldn't make any money on electronic sales. So the industry, regardless of the industry that you're in, is going to change. And denial is just a stupid form of resistance taken to an extreme. Uh, and you can resist change all you want to. It's like people saying uh, the, the deck is stacked against us. It doesn't matter. You've got to learn to play with the the game that's out there. And you're going to have to learn to survive in that game. You arguing about it, whining about it, pretending it's not going to happen, making excuses, even an argument about people getting killed, that none of that stuff matters. It's going to happen. How are you still going to win? And so the question for every uh, everybody in your business, everybody in my business, is how do we win in spite of the fact that the game is changing? How do you do that? Uh, yeah, and, and my point is you have to pay attention. The first thing you have to do is pay attention and stop denying that it's going to happen and, and watch for the opportunities. And I, I want to get to some of our callers because we have a bunch lining up, but uh, along those lines, we realize things are changing. I've been on SiriusXM for going on 11 years now, absolutely love it, but we also realize that people want more options in how they consume things. And we just invested and released an app for people to listen to all of our shows. They're listening to us live on the app right now. They can listen to all our past shows because that's a 
big change that we've been watching. You just talked about it. The way we consume information has changed drastically, and it's still changing. Yep. In five years, there won't be any more DirecTV or Cox Communications. We'll stream just the shows that we want when we want them on any device that we have. That's going to change. Everything's always going to change from now on, faster than we ever thought. And think about how big of a change that is. Think about companies that spent lots of money putting satellites up for that purpose and (laughs) not be necessary anymore. They'll just be space junk. Yep. That's true. All right. What do you say we get to some callers? <clears throat> I like that. Let's talk to folks. Let's do that. Let's start off in Arkansas. Paul, welcome to the program. Howdy. I think I know where you two guys met. Uh, it's probably at the barber shop. You have the same hairdo. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you may be in time. Arkansas. You're not from Arkansas. I can tell you that. Uh, deep south, deep south. <laughs> um, there's also another word, another meaning for the word focus. It's F off because you're stupid. Because <laughs> there's plenty of that goes around. Yeah. But one of the, we, we should we should start another show um, for a topic, BS that can be heard on Road Dog every week because there's plenty of it out there. Some of the stuff I've heard, I haven't heard your show for a few weeks, but other shows I've heard, some of these other hosts don't stop people bloviating. It's crazy. Like one I heard last week was um, people are going to hack our ELDs and shut us trucks down everywhere. I don't think that's happening. No, no, that's not going to happen. Larry, that, that's part of the denial in our industry right now. We're moving from paper logbooks, which we've been on since 1938, to electronic logbooks um, that track everything for you. It's a huge uh, controversy in the industry, but it, it, we've been fighting it for years. It goes live on uh, December 18th. So they, they, the uh, tinfoil hat crowd is coming out of the woodwork claiming they're going to hack into our kill people. Well, there's going to, always going to be, a, sort of to his point there, there's always going to be a lot of charlatans in every industry out there saying really stupid things. And uh, we're not able to stop that. And see, the problem is we're, we attack the charlatans that say stupid things. That never bothers me, Kevin. Uh, I, I never care what anybody else is saying. What What upsets me and bothers me is not the stupidity of the people saying those things. It's the stupidity of the people who listen and believe those things. It's because we've become such um, sycophants to talking heads, and we've lost the ability to think for ourselves. And that's what I encourage people to do. Listen to everyone, but think for yourself. Validate it with some facts and some study, a little bit of research, some common sense. So, you know, trying to get upset about people saying stupid things on other shows or in politics or in business, that doesn't do you any good. Just always take it back to yourself. It always comes down to you and how you're going to listen to things, not what's being said, but how you're going to listen. Yeah, great point. And, and, you know, we just live in a time where we're surrounded. Everybody now has a voice. I mean, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, you know, there's so many ways to communicate now. 
plus we have 24 hour news channels with multiple talking heads. So you're right. It's just, we're, we're surrounded by this in, in one way. It's a really good thing. We're surrounded by a lot of information, a lot of opinions, but you're right. You, you have to take all of that and look at it and put some common sense and some logic to it and then build your own ideas and opinions because, boy, uh, you know, if you stick with one of those news channels, you get a very, very limited slice of what's really going on. Totally agree with you. Everybody makes fun of one or the other. And they forget that every newscaster in history has been biased in some way, as has every station. And what you've got to do is admit that about the people you listen to and like the most. And listen, I spend a lot of time on one of those networks, a lot of time. And I understand the bias. And everybody needs to just get a little more aware, self-aware, but also aware of what's going on around them and uh, then listen with a critical ear. Good advice. I'm looking at the clock, and we're going to have to get to a break. We're going to come right back. We're going to get to more of your calls and questions. So jump in. Time is running short, but we'll come back. We'll do this final segment. We'll get to your calls and questions. Check out the website. It's letstruck.com. If you don't have our new app yet, get it. It's free. It does one thing. It does it really well nice and simple. You open up the app, you listen to all of our shows. You can listen live, you can listen while we're recording, and you can listen to all of the past shows as well. So you get to get all of the information on your schedule. It's uh, in the Apple Store and Google Play. When you get to your store, search for Audio Road, no space. A-U-D-I-O-R-O-A-D, Audio Road. Download the app, start listening. We'll be right back with more stuff. Stick around. Larry Wingus here with me. We're going to get right back to your calls and questions. We're off to Pennsylvania this time. Adrian, welcome to the program. Hey, you guys. Uh, I got a question about um, is there any way to save money for future business expenses in a tax-deferred account, kind of like a retirement account, but for future business expenses? 
No. Um, not uh, You could use a retirement account, but there's going to be tons of restrictions and penalties if it's not done right. You probably aren't in a situation to be able to do that um, correctly, and the penalties are worse than the tax. So clearly you can save money. Um, you could invest it possibly short term, although there aren't a lot of great options for that right now, but you're not going to get away from the taxes on it. Okay. Yeah, I was just looking for a way to be able to uh, make a larger purchase um, in, instead of having to finance something, you know, actually use cash. And, you know, I guess it's just another reason for a fair tax. <laughs> yeah, well, and the other thing to remember is once you spend the money to start the business, then it's going to be tax deductible at that point, but there's no way to avoid the taxes while you're saving it. Right, right. Okay, well, uh, I, I I didn't think I was missing anything, but I wanted to ask somebody who might knew a little bit more about it. Yeah, nothing uh, nothing going there, but Larry, this is almost uh, a little bit of what we were talking about earlier. Um, so few people work really hard to save money before they get started, and we know one of the biggest reasons businesses fail, they're just undercapitalized. You know, it'd be wonderful <clears throat> if we set some money aside and it wouldn't be taxed while we're waiting, but we can't. And honestly, the little bit of tax savings that you would generate anyway is nothing in compared to the benefit of just saving the money. Just just stick to the basics. You're saved as much as you can. Absolutely true. It's amazing to me how little uh, people have saved. You know, um, most of the studies right now say that uh, the bulk, and that means over 50% of family households in America right now, have less than $100 cash on hand. Less than $100. A $400 expense would totally ruin them. They would have to, uh, really, $400. Think of it. You, you have a hot water heater go out, and, and you're facing just damn near facing bankruptcy over a hot water heater. That's where most people live their lives. And it's not that hard to cut back on your expenses, sort of where we started, and start to put away a little bit of cash. And yet there's a million excuses. You know, I, I the other day I was talking about, I, I was sort of joking, but not completely. I was saying, you know, what I wanted for Christmas was $4 fuel. And there's a reason for that. In our industry, if you know what you're doing, especially as a small carrier, the higher fuel prices go, the more money you can make. And I got absolutely blasted over that because so many people, <laughs> there are people in this country that can't afford $4 gas. And, and I said, well, maybe they're the problem, not the $4 gas. I mean, we're really, really spoiled in this country with cheap energy prices and more expensive energy prices, there are a lot of benefits to our country. But all anybody could see was I, I was going to, you know, bankrupt all the poor people. Yeah, it's always uh, the the problem with the price of things. You know, my mentor was Jim Rohn and said, maybe it's not that things are too expensive. Maybe it's just that you can't afford it. And uh, boy, that I listened to that back when I didn't have any money, and I that really that whole thought right there really changed the way I looked at money 
and the cost of goods. Maybe things really aren't that expensive. Maybe I just can't afford it. And so I stepped back and again went back to what can I do to make sure that I can afford the things that I want and say that I need. And uh, what I learned was, that, yeah, I have to cut back on the expenses I have. I have to save some money, and I have to figure out ways to increase my income. That's always what it's going to come down to every single time. Well, I watched something, uh, it was talking about your videos earlier, and this is a topic you talk about all the time, and, and that's focus on the things you can actually change. You know, me wishing yep. for $4 gas, it, I, I have no impact on the price of gas. I can say it all I want, but it, why not focus on the why $4 gas would be such a disaster for you? Because it could go to $8 if something went wrong, and we would have no control over it. But you have complete control over your own finances. And, and Kevin, let's take that through the whole idea of the trucks driving themselves and Amazon, and the, all the things that we were talking about earlier. Why do people want those things? Why, why do we go to Amazon? Uh, my friend Randy Pennington wrote this great book called Make Change Work. And he talks about there are going to be four driving factors moving business forward. It's got to be faster, friendlier, cheaper, better. Now, how many of those does Amazon tick off? Faster? Cheaper, typically? Yeah, friendlier and better. And they say, how can Amazon be friendlier? Have you ever tried to return anything to Amazon? It's so easy, much easier than going in and explaining something to a, a clerk that doesn't care. And so they tick all those things off. So if that he's right, and I believe he is, how does that apply to the trucking industry? Why do people want the uh, autonomous trucks? Why do they want that? It's ticking off some boxes. So how can you and your business tick off more of those boxes? That's exactly what I've been trying to get people to focus on. Good stuff. Let's try to get another call or two in here. Let's go to California. Randy, welcome to the program. Good afternoon, Kevin John. A um, little off subject. Uh, of course, we're talking about rates and all that. Uh, I do all spot market. Pretty much all, most 90% of my stuff is, uh, I'll say 75 anyway, because I do have some brokers I work with that appreciate my loyalty to them. Um, but we've got a problem with carpet baggers in this business. I, I've just secured a load. It, it was emailed to me by one of our regular brokers, and I didn't. I'm working on the truck. I didn't read the email right away. Get right to them. Somebody grabbed them for the ten thousand dollar loads and are posting them for forty five hundred. Isn't that a little out of line? I know it's free market, but well, of course it is. Uh, and, and Larry, I know we don't have to get down into the details of how it works here in trucking, but this is the kind of stuff you run across all the time in every business, every industry, every segment. You always have the people who are just looking for a quick, easy way out, and, and that's basically what's happening here. Yeah. I can't run much cheaper than I do. I pretty much do all my own work. My equipment's paid for. I and I don't. I won't. I won't haul it. I'll sit. Like I say, the freight. I'm in California. Freight sucks out here right now, uh, especially for my industry. It just pops up here and there. But uh, I decided to go ahead, and I'm at my brother's place, and we're we're doing some maintenance on the truck while I get this downtime. But uh, the only other thing is fuel mileage. Of course, being heavy haul, and Bruce is working with me on this. I got to get back in there again. We're we're trying to tweak her into a little better than she's doing. I got like three and a half on the way out here. 
yeah. on some of the yeah. stuff. But you know, you it, know, you know, sounds- Kevin. Let me jump in on that and what what he said about choosing not to play. That's standing up for your core values. And if more people in my business, the same thing happens. People say we'd love to have you, but this is our fee, and I have to make the decision: will I do it or will I not do it? And uh, it, it's because somebody will do it. And when when good people in business understand that you can't operate and make money at what some people are offering, you have to stand up for yourself, your business, and your values and say no. And when more individuals do that, then we train the customer that they do get what they pay for because we offer more value and we have standards. And if every industry had standards, and I'm not talking about legislated standards, I'm talking about internal core value standards, we would improve the level of business for everyone. Great point. Hey, on the lighter side, Larry, we got about a minute left. What's uh, what's the best thing you've done on the smoker lately? Oh man, I did a brisket the other day that just make you cry. Yeah, I cooked it for 16 hours, so low and slow. It was a wagyu brisket. And uh, I didn't trim it like for a competition brisket. I left the fat on there. And so it just came off. It had that nice jiggle like a good brisket does. And it was just outstanding. I was really proud of it. Oh, good brisket does make me cry. That sounds awesome. <laughs> All right. Hey, this has been a fun call. I really like this one. Well, good, good, because we're we're going to do more of this. I always appreciate your uh, your take on everything. Just thinking. Um, I know Lisa put uh, put something up on our website. All the different ways you can follow Larry, because there are lots of them. So go check our website, letstruck.com, or go straight to Larry's website, LarryWinget.com, and uh, check out that video series. There is some real gold in there. Larry, uh, as always, thanks. We'll do it again real soon. All right, talk to you. All right, everybody, thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll do it again real soon. Check out the website, letstruck.com, LarryWinget.com. We'll see you next time. Be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey. Jeff Rutherford. Thanks for tuning in to The Audio Road. If you have any questions, give us a call at 855-800-FUEL. That's 855-800-3835. Check out the website at letstruck.com and find us on facebook.com slash letstruck.